everyone, welcome back. Today we're chatting to the amazing Christina Robinson, who runs Green Umbrella Marketing, a forward-thinking digital marketing agency with a focus on the recruitment sector. Hi, Christina. Hi. Hello. Hey. Um, yeah. How are you? Oh, amazing. <laughs> I'm not sure. Forward thinking. I don't know. I feel like I'm always on the back foot in the world of recruitment marketing. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, so obviously we met um, a few years ago at a team recruitment event in Glasgow. Um, I'm pretty sure it was Wendy McDougall that was the kind of mutual connection there. And she's obviously been one of our previous podcast guests as well. Um, I know you're, you two are you're pretty close. And obviously we've been working with Green Umbrella for a few years now. And we've, we've obviously outsourced our blog writing to you guys, which has been fantastic. Yeah, and I've obviously recently discovered Green Umbrella as I'm responsible for Red's social media and blogs. So it's nice to finally put a face to the name and meet you virtually. <laughs> <laughs> and it obviously, we should also mention that you have your own podcast, mm-hmm. Christina Talks. So you're, yes. you're a seasoned pro. Yes. And this episode will obviously also feature on, on that podcast. So Which is really cool. Yeah, so that's all, all good. I guess, I guess first off, it would be good if you could just give us a bit of um, background on Green Umbrella, kind of what you do, what you're all about, what sorts of kind of clients you work with. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, do you know, it's funny because businesses evolve. Yeah. Okay. So Green Umbrella, it started in 2013. So no, it, uh, that's a lie. I started <laughs> here in 2013. I've just been writing something on that. So the business started in about 2010. Yeah. Okay. So about 12 years ago. And initially it was very much, it was a social media business. We would do like training locally. Then we started doing social media management. Um, And the person that founded the business was an ex-recruiter. So we then Mm -hmm. built this niche within the recruitment world. So fast forward to today and we're more of a, think of us more like a marketing agency. Social media is very much at our core, Mm -hmm. but we also do a lot of other things, print and design, email marketing, content creation, that kind of stuff. About 70% of our clients are independent recruitment businesses. And outside of that, we work with a lot of... um, Weird and wonderfuls. So (laughs) some people supply in the recruitment industry. So um, like back office companies, umbrellas, that kind of stuff. But then we have, we have things like um, people that design and produce English bone China in Stoke-on-Trent. We have, we've had (laughs) sock manufacturers. We have people that bend tubes for a living. living. (laughs) Um, We've had pet crematoriums as clients before now. So when I say weird and wonderful, it really is like quite odd. Um, But like I said, social media is at the heart of what what we do. And even in those clients outside of the recruitment agencies, a lot of it comes down to how do we, how do we use social media? How do we use digital marketing to get good people into our businesses and and grow our teams? So that's very much still at the core of what we do. Uh Fantastic. Um, And just exploring your personal background a little bit. So how did you actually get into marketing in the first place? Because we often kind of say that people fall into recruitment. Can you do the same with marketing? Did you? I kind of did. So I think, so my previous life, I was actually in hospitality. I was in events Mm. um, and I was, I I had a really awesome career and doing great things, very operational, but I used to keep putting a foot into sales, a foot into marketing without realizing that's what I was doing. Mm. 2009, obviously we all know what happened then, yeah. um, got made redundant. It's like, what the hell am I going to do? Well, mm. I'd never gone to university, so I figured I'd go and do a degree as a mature student. Went and did that, hated it. What did you study? 
um, event management. Oh. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll get qualification in the thing that I do. It'll be great. Mm. And all that happened is I went and did this degree. And um, every time the lecturers were saying, this is how events work. I was going, no, it isn't. <laughs> this is not real life. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know, what about, you know, you're talking about A, B and C, but like, you know, these three things over here are way more important. Yeah. yeah. So unfortunately I dropped out. So this is kind of like, this is 2013. I've dropped out of university and I'm thinking, oh my God, like seriously, what am I going to do now? And there had been this tiny bit that I'd done in those first couple of years there. And it was around marketing and it was around social media. And up until this point, I'd kind of gone like social media, like well, what are people doing hanging out on social media? I don't get it. <laughs> but in this little thing, these couple of modules, I kind of really understood how business could leverage it. I figured... Like, you know, there's probably a business in doing social media for local businesses. Maybe I can start something doing that freelance, whatever. Hmm. Did a bit of research and there's this social media agency five minutes from my house, Green Umbrella Marketing. That's handy. Yeah. That weekend, it's like, I've liked the Facebook page. That weekend, <laughs> they've advertised for a freelance role. Like within a week or so, I'm working freelance for the business. It was meant to so be. That's yeah, I mean, that's January 2013. Mm-hmm. Within six months, I was full-time on payroll, second of command in the business. And if we fast forward to 2019, we went through management buyout and um, I became sole owner. So wow. it is really? kind of, yes, I fell into it, mm. but I think that we're all constantly marketing. We just yeah. don't realize we are like the candidates that you deal with in the recruitment business. Yeah. They're marketing themselves before they've even popped yeah. up on your radar. Even the passive candidates, you know, they're marketing themselves to the boss so that they get that next salary increase mm-hmm. or yeah. the next promotion. And yeah. it's it, it, sometimes we don't quite realize that's what we're doing, but we're doing it all the time. And there's so many overlaps between recruitment and marketing as well. I know when I had my interview with you, Matt, you kind of sold the job to me like that, didn't you? You were like, I know you kind of want to go into marketing, Megan, but do you realize recruitment is Is marketing? marketing, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do do you know, talking to recruiters, I mean, it seems like forever, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But there's this, you know, a lot of recruiters will talk to their clients about the fact that we're in candidate short Mm. markets and that kind of stuff. And a lot of the conversations I've been having recently with recruiters and with employers as well is that actually we need to we need to stop selling jobs. We're not marketing jobs. Mm. We're selling betterment. We we need to market betterment. Yeah. yeah. Like here, here, like you might be really happy where you are now, but it doesn't mean it can be better. Yeah. Mm. So let's actually, that's where our messaging should be from a marketing perspective to actually drive that interest. And I know that's something you guys do well. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's very, very true. And just so talking about marketing for recruitment, why is digital marketing so important for recruitment businesses? I think it's because it's so accessible. Mm, Okay. And it's accessible for you as a recruiter. Mm -hmm. But it's also, it's so accessible from a candidate perspective. It's so easy to get in front of a candidate in today's world. Mm. And in a really interesting way, in an innovative way, in a way that actually makes them aware of your brand, Mm -hmm. of what you've got available, your approach to recruitment. Like I said, the fact that there is, there might be a better way, you know, that, that kind of stuff. And 
know, if you think the average the average user in a UK when it comes to social media, digital, that sort of stuff, we've got these little devices in our hands that we just can't quite let go of. <laughs> yeah. of where we're <laughs> constantly scrolling and checking, and you know, you, you kind of close one social media app so you can open the next one, mm. and like you know, that's on your way into work, and maybe you arrive at your desk and you're just going to have a quick check on LinkedIn because yeah. you don't yeah. think of that as a social channel, and uh-huh. then you're opening your email. And it's all there mm. and it's all happening in the palm of our hands. I must, and this is why it's so important. Yeah, I must, I must admit, though, I am probably, I feel quite old school and kind of, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not outside of LinkedIn and in my kind of personal life. I'm not really on that much social media. I don't, well, I'm on them, but I don't really post much out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got like two pictures on my Instagram. I do think. you scroll though? Do you I still do scroll, scroll away? Because yeah, you're quite like, a Twitter yeah. fan as well. I mean, you're yeah, always like, scrolling on Twitter. I like, look, yeah. I like looking at Twitter, but I don't really, Twitter, but I don't really post much on, on social media, mm. like personally. And I think, you know, we, so, you know, I've got kids and my eldest daughter, she's 13 and she is all over Snapchat and um, and all the rest of it. And I must admit, I think I I just struggle to see there's so many different kind of, uh, you know, ways of putting things out there. Are we getting the impact that we need or is it just this big blur of, you know, everyone's posting so much stuff. Um, And it's, and I guess that's the point is impact and, and the, uh, you know, I know that the kind of adding value to people Mm. when you're putting stuff out from a business perspective, it's all about that. But I, I suppose from a, it's taken me a while from a personal perspective and that's maybe then having Megan on board, kind of the, you know, the Gen, Gen Z. Z coming in and driving a bit more of the social media and being a bit more comfortable with mm. the kind of personality we're getting across on on social media. Um, but it's an interesting one. I think it's, it, that's definitely a generational thing. Mm. Can I just say, though, that is more from a work perspective with me. I don't have TikTok. I've, I've always felt too old for TikTok. I'm 25, but I'm like, oh, my God, I'm way too old oh, for you're TikTok. Ancient. Yeah, I'm absolutely ancient. And then I actually know people in the... 30s, 40s that are like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with TikTok. I'm like, what? But I, I do realise that you can learn anything on TikTok nowadays. Um, but, you know, I don't have TikTok. I deleted um, Snapchat because we were talking yeah. about Cora, your daughter, yes. and constantly snapping mm-hmm. and not wanting to lose her streak. And I deleted that when I was like 20, 21 because I was like, I'm too old for that now. So it is more from a work perspective that yeah. I use it. But what about yourself, Christina? Like, is it work, personal, overlap well, there? It's a bit of a mix, but definitely more work. Mm. So there's a couple of things to pick up here. So first of all, we've got to understand the reach of social. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We've got to understand it. So my dad, bless him. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) To to put things into context, um, he, because he's got an iPhone and iPad and he got on with those quite well. Yeah. We got him a Mac for his desktop and he rang me once and it was about two hours before I could ring him back. Now, anyone with an iMac knows there's one button on this machine to turn it on and off. Right? <laughs> he waited two hours for me to call him back because he couldn't figure out how to turn the machine on. Oh. Right? So let's put that into context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a cattle farmer in Buckinghamshire. <laughs> he is, he doesn't have a Facebook account. He's not on Twitter. He's doesn't even know what Instagram is, let alone Mm. TikTok. Okay. He like the idea of a voice note on WhatsApp. He's like, take that (laughs) witchery away from me. Okay. He sends me messages where someone has passed something to him and it's something from TikTok. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He sent me something a couple of weeks ago, that's a screenshot of a Facebook post. Okay. Yeah. So this is someone that is not on social media that is still seeing social media posts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of a generation that is not techie at all. And, you know, and lives in a world that is so, you know, 
we his office is the opposite of paperless let's put it that way okay (laughs) so if you think someone that's so switched off from the digital world Mm -hmm. is still being reached by this stuff is still being affected by this stuff yeah yeah. Okay. And and so it is like they've still got that interest in how it works. They might not have that Facebook account, but they're understanding how people are using Facebook, not using Snapchat, but they're still understanding, like still seeing and observing how people are using Snapchat and therefore still users still being swayed. Mm-hmm. That 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 perception is still there. Okay. So I said we've got to understand the reach of it. Yeah. The other side of it is the other thing I want to pick up on is it's really interesting here. you talk about, um, you know, okay, my daughter at 13 and blah, blah, blah. I don't use it in this way. You sort of say like 21, you know, I was too old for that. Hmm. Social media channels age up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Facebook started. It was just for the kids. All of a sudden that, you know, responsible adults wanted to know what their kids are up to. So they start using it. Okay, the kids go, sods this. Yeah. There's something mm-hmm. new in town. We're going to jump over to that platform instead, <laughs> right? The, the, the responsible adults follow. And this, and there's always a bit of something gets left behind. And mm-hmm. what happens now? TikTok's perfect example. TikTok started, the kids are on there, all the marketing teams across the globe are going, oh, something new. We know yeah. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're there as well. The social platform has already got the plan on how to monetize the channel. All we need now is the people with the money, i.e. the responsible adults, to follow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every time we get a new social media app in play, we see this aging up process happen. And TikTok's probably the platform that's it's happened quickest on. Yeah. Like the, the kids are going back to Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. And the the like I say, the the adults, yeah. they're kind of hanging out on TikTok now. And TikTok's mm-hmm. understood. Like, you know, how can people use it from an employer branding perspective? They put a lot of effort into that. Um, Like I said, the advertising opportunities on TikTok, you're looking at quite a serious investment in terms of TikTok ads, but stuff's working really well. Like from an e-commerce perspective, sort of low cost products are just selling thick and thin on TikTok. Um, So we see this pattern repeating. So we need to understand, okay, this if this is what human behavior is around these channels, ha, like where are the opportunities to leverage it? Yeah. Mm. Where do we need to be in front of the curve to make sure that we're capturing those people as soon as they land? Yeah. I actually saw something on LinkedIn earlier. I can't remember the name of the skincare brand now, but it was a skincare brand, brand like totally new, that decided to only market their brand on TikTok. And it's gone massive. Like it's blown up. It's huge. It's got so much business. And it's this brand new brand, like skincare brand. Um, And yeah, imagine that just choosing that one, solely one channel and like a kind of weird channel to choose as well. TikTok, you'd have thought so anyway, two years ago. But I guess that's testament to what you were just saying, Christina. Yeah, and it is. Well, understand who your audience is. Mm-hmm. Think think about, so it's really easy. But anytime I say to someone, what's your ideal client look like? Yeah. They'll tell me about the size of the business. Mm-hmm. They'll tell me about the demographics. You know, is it male, female or both? Age ranges, possibly education, definitely mm. geographical stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, they struggle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we really understand our audience, like who we want to attract, like the net. So I always like people listening. I'm sat in front of a banner, and there's this girl we use in a lot of our branding. We call her Doris. Okay. <laughs> hi Doris. So like, yeah, nice hi Doris. Doris how are you? Yeah. So like, imagine Doris is your ideal client. Tell me everything. Tell me like, what's stopping Doris sleeping at night? 
Okay, like tell me every like where where's mm. Doris do a shopping? What her, what yeah. are her interests, her behaviours? Get in the what mind podcasts? of Doris. Yeah, mm. is she listening to podcasts or not? If she is, what is she listening to? If yeah. she's not, what's she doing instead? So it's like if we really understand on this level, we can really drill down. When we do that, we go, okay, all of those traits mean that actually Doris is going to be spending most of her time on TikTok. Let's put all our efforts. Our budgets are limited. Our resources mm-hmm. limited in terms of time. Let's put all the efforts there. Yeah. 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 We've we've done one video on TikTok, haven't we? We have. <laughs> so we did one. It was like day in the life of a recruiter, I think. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Which was really fun. But obviously we did it on one of our more fun days as well. So yeah. we were having like a social that evening. We we're going out for dinner, exactly. for drinks, doing an escape room. So obviously all of that was featured too, which makes Red just look like the best company ever. <laughs> um, but it was, it was good fun to create. But I don't know. It's just, it's really hard to, I guess, measure, you know, your return on investment. How do you like, how would you suggest measuring something like that on TikTok? Was it, is it just in terms of how many followers you then gain or so you've got to think you've got to think what's the purpose of it what's the objective mm. so why why have we got a TikTok account yeah driving okay. I guess dri- yeah driving more people to our website um yeah. potentially bringing on new clients it was mainly for the candidates too though I suppose I suppose we were thinking we could advertise new jobs on it yeah. you know reach young, our candidates in that way because it's the gen Z yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. okay so yeah. It's so you've, you've got to track it back, right? Because mm. no one's going to see a top. You can't assume someone's going to see a TikTok for the first time and hit apply. Yeah, yeah. So actually, we need to build an audience first. Mm-hmm. So we need to measure that. In building an audience, we want to hit X amount of it. We want to see an average level of views across all our TikTok videos, and we want to see that grow. We're yeah. always looking for growth, okay? We know once we achieve a certain level, then we can start to expect people to actually click back through to our account, click yeah. through on the, the links, that kind of stuff. Now we can start measuring traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Is it actually we're going to, you know, if, are people going to go through that effort? Probably not. But mm. what if we did some TikToks around lead magnets? Okay, now we're seeing that we're getting more traffic to that specific page. We know TikTok mm. is working from a brand awareness perspective. Yeah. yeah. And and this is like you know put put pound signs against brand awareness is really difficult. Exactly, mm. that's my that's my issue with recruitment marketing is we're doing a lot of stuff. Um, Megan's been driving a, a lot, and it's been great. And we're doing a podcast, and we're doing a little bit on TikTok, and we're ramping up quite a lot on the, on the LinkedIn. Got a newsletter coming soon so as well, it, guys. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Just a little to plug, say, little yeah. plug there. But you know, from my perspective as a recruitment owner manager, I'm like, well what's the return on this and this podcast is great and it's you know i think it's fantastic for brand awareness and i'm you i get to speak to we get to speak to amazing people like you yeah. which is brilliant but it's very difficult to measure the impact you know on that and i think you know most of it is around that brand awareness and the the bigger audience you can reach just in terms of people who know your brand then ultimately the client you know it's kind of the clients going to come in and the candidates in the same way and and i think this is the thing if you if you could 10x your brand awareness like just wave a magic wand yeah that's it like 10 times the amount of people know about red yeah yeah what would you anticipate happening where you'd get more people coming to your website, Mm. more people searching for red, maybe so so they can contact you. The phone will ring more. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You'll have more people coming to you that don't know how they heard from you. Yeah. I'd probably get out of a job too. (laughs) <laughs> would I? No, I don't. Well, this is extremely busy. Yeah, <laughs> but they, but this is the thing. It's like we've 
Yeah, from it's because social is so it's like PR, yeah, yeah. PR, social media. It's so Ongoing. much about brand awareness. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of measuring like that post. Where did that bring us? That thing. Where did it bring us? Yeah. Well, actually, it's the um, you can't measure. You know, when my dad sent that what that thing he saw on um, TikTok to yeah. me, you can't measure that. Yeah. No. So I then pick up on that, pick up the phone, and it's like my f- a friend told me about it. Okay, but my 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 dad shared it with me. But you don't say, "Well, my dad saw a TikTok and blah blah blah." And like you don't tell the full story. Mm-hmm. And I suppose so. It's... Actually, we need to be measuring elsewhere to see the impact. Mm. And and okay, uh, this is kind of a bit of a strange, maybe long winded question. But the you know, it's all about consistency, in my view, right? It's about mm-hmm. con- yeah, continually yeah. putting stuff out there, and that's how you raise awareness so that people are seeing a lot of you on various different mm. channels and it's all value add stuff. So it's seeing good, it's not just seeing anything, but they're seeing yeah. good kind of value added stuff and they can say, okay, well, red, they do this and, you know, they look good and, and, and people want to follow and, you know, you get a broader audience. So my, I've been looking around kind of social media and maybe this is playing devil's advocate a little bit, but in terms of the climate kind of change carbon footprint of posting things constantly and not from a business perspective, you can kind of see, but even in the personal sense where the, talking back to the kids who are Snapchatting and not want, wanting to ruin their Snapchat streak and there's constant data and photos and things being posted and saved and businesses can be just as guilty of just pumping out content. You know, what about the kind of climate impact of the storage of that? Obviously, there was a, a stat I saw around the kind of the total CO2 generated in the UK from unneeded kind of stored data is equivalent of a hundred thousand return flights from London to Australia. And, and, you know, all of these big kind of storage warehouses that are dealing with all that data. Part of me is thinking, where is this going to end? And do we need all of this content going out there? Or are we going to get to a point where people go, do you know what? We actually want to think about the climate because the younger generation are, you know, eco warriors and aware of all that. But actually at the same token, they're posting God knows how many thousands of, photos and things on social media mm. and and it, there isn't it there is a you know impact on the environment to that so how do you kind of join the two it, it's really difficult and i think it is a huge education piece so um we so obviously have the podcast we as green umbrella we also do like a weekly live show as well yeah. and we had someone on a few weeks ago talking about sustainability and yeah. basically being sort of conscious leadership yeah yeah okay and how actually as a business your goal shouldn't be like she's a real advocate for your goal shouldn't be to be net zero you should be Mm. like net negative yeah 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 you know and I think this is part of it you know Mm. really understanding the impact of this stuff on your business so that Yeah. yeah you're yeah you're covering your bit but actually, what can you do in your business to take it to, to another level? But also, actually, what we are using, like how much of that are we then, like how much of that content mm. is going to have that impact? But yeah. how much of that can we actually use to share the message, to explain things? It's, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's all of that. And then if you think about the volume of content being produced, yeah, okay, we shouldn't be producing content for content's sake. No. Exactly. You know, and I think this is a trap that a lot of people fall into. Yeah. Producing content, you know, I'm a big believer in producing. We don't produce 
content we produce assets mm-hmm. yeah yeah you know the, the, this podcast as an asset mm-hmm. you know it can be divided up it can be transcribed there's so much we can do with it, it can be tiktoks and instagram reels and, yeah. and everything else mm-hmm. there's so much we can do with it but let's say that this whole episode we were talking about sustainable marketing mm. yeah being conscious in your marketing activities and that kind of stuff actually the the, the impact of that message you would hope would go some way to offsetting it yeah offsetting it yeah mm-hmm. no, i agree and i suppose yeah i think i think it makes sense just for, i i find it i do find it quite interesting and it's more when i look at you know my daughter my daughter's gonna gonna listen back to this and she's gonna hate me but i do think that they're constant the, the society mm. at the moment where people are just constantly using data for ridiculous mm. reasons like mm. for taking fo- photos of nothing and sending it to someone and you just there is a if billions of people are doing that it's mm-hmm. it, you know it's mad but anyway i mean i suppose move, moving on well in- i was just gonna say as well sorry like from a generational perspective too like I think that, you know, when we're talking about maybe recruitment for Gen Z and stuff, I think, you know, you're saying you shouldn't just be producing content for the sake of contents, you know, just for the sake of it. Um, And I think that that's where I was going to ask you a little bit about, you know, um, recruiting for the next generation, because I feel that my generation are quite, we're quite picky at times. (laughs) Um, And I think as well, in terms of that and what content we should be producing for, you know, recruiting for Gen Z, they want to see value there. They, They, you know, even my generation now, they're not as bothered about, high salaries they're more bothered about well what well-being package do you offer how am I going to feel purposeful in this job and um I think as well that comes back to content too and the content that we create to attract them to this position and so we're really having to put value into that content Mm -hmm. and ensuring that it's something worthwhile that they're going to want to view want to see and not just blasting content out and hoping that it attracts them still so I think like it's weird because from a generational perspective yeah you're right the younger generation are just you know constantly on on Snapchat and on TikTok and you do think for god's sake Mm -hmm. you know put your phone down (laughs) but at this by the same token then you know a few years time and kind of my generation early to mid-20s and you know on the job market and stuff we're very picky in what content we actually decide we want to view, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think it is very important. I think that you you can't ignore the impact of social media. It's out mm. there. The genie's out of the bottle. Everyone's using it. It's there. And we you need to just harness it as a business. Mm-hmm. You know, with the business, mm-hmm. you need to use it and, and target the right. You make sure you're using it in the right way. She's using it wisely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, every piece of content you create should entertain engage or educate yeah yeah and in, in a perfect world when you're doing it well you're always going to be doing at least two of those things yeah the three okay. E's. i like that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah you know it, it's like yeah I've, I've got three e's four p's i've got all sorts of things yeah. going on um, <laughs> but it, it's that like you know thinking about this like even if you didn't think about the impact of, of the data that like we've just been talking about if you just think about actually making it manageable hmm. Okay. If as much of your content as possible can hit like at least two of those three points, Mm. then you've got to produce less content. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's one thing. Like if you're then looking at all of your channels and going, well, do you know what? I mean, like, you know, spoiler alert, (laughs) you don't actually have to be on every social media platform going. Yeah. Uh Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, it's like, what's our digital footprint look like? Mm -hmm. Because if we, if we went back 20 years Mm. and, you know, we create like creating content 20 years ago is like flyers everywhere, posters everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
businesses would look at a geography and go, right, we're going to fly up this postcode and this postcode because that's where ideal clients are going to be. They wouldn't just do the whole lot anyway. Mm. I mean, they might have done, but, you know, maybe they'd be like, okay, we're going to fly the UK, but not Italy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's almost like we need to take the same approach. Yeah. Now, people like me tell you <laughs> that people in the UK that are 16 and over are engaging, like on a daily basis, are using 2.6 social media platforms every day. Okay. <laughs> or, or like whatever the most current stats are. I haven't looked at it for, there's like one report that comes out and it came out about six months ago. Yeah. Um, so you kind of think like, well, I need to be in multiple places. But I'm like, do you really? Mm. Does it fit your strategy? Does it fit your business goals? Is it manageable? Do you have the resource? And actually, when you start to look at it this way, we start to hone down what we're doing and then we become far more intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're more intentional about the content we're producing and how we use it. Then actually, like even if you're just looking at it strategically from that perspective rather than taking a spray and pray approach, yeah. then like the sustainability boxes, like now we're yeah. ticking those without even thinking about yeah. them. That's that's actually really good to hear, you know, because I think uh, my view was that you kind of just had to be on these things. You know, like we, mm. when Megan was starting, I think, you know, we haven't got a TikTok account, but all the businesses have got TikTok accounts, so we need to be doing the same thing. But actually, for us, recruitment, LinkedIn is the place that mm-hmm. everybody, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we connect. obviously we do a bit on Facebook and a bit on Instagram, but yeah, on we've Twitter. got, I don't know, 9,000 followers on LinkedIn, that is the place where we have the biggest reach. So you're right, you know, we should be strategically focusing yes. on building That's that. That's it, that's rather, which, rather than trying to get, you know, 20 TikTok followers. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's managing my time wisely too. Like, you know, yeah. I do, my job's pretty varied. So I don't, I can't dedicate my entire day to just posting content and bringing yeah. in more followers. So it's like, I do need to target my yeah. audience but and that, that, that which channels I'm using. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose, oh, sorry. I was, I was going to say a few years ago, um, it, it is a few years ago now, um, I had an inquiry from a business who deal with oil and gas sort of rigs, that kind of stuff, and looked at their social media channels, where they were active, where they were put, and they, they'd literally, there was like, if someone, like, if you, like, if the three of us started a social media channel now, they'd be on it within minutes. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> and I was like, and, you know, and like, they were like, nothing's working. And I'm looking at everything that they're doing. I would literally was like, okay, you got that platform there, draw a line through it. That yeah. platform there, draw a line, like, just take yeah. it out, just shut it down. Yeah. It's like, it, they're working in oil and gas. They're trying to get people onto rigs yeah. mm-hmm. and they were putting effort into a Pinterest presence. Pinterest? <laughs> Pinterest, yeah. thought of that one. Because, <laughs> like, because, the, because the rhetoric That's is crazy. you've got to be everywhere yeah. and it's like you yeah. just, you haven't. A Pinterest you, you, account. I mean, I used that when I was about 15 for like my dream home or like <laughs> what it, tattoos yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted. Like, <laughs> never would have thought you'd use it to market oil and gas. It's crazy. <laughs> well, let's put it. wasn't working for them. Mm. Let's no, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and and like in terms of just like what other agencies are doing at the moment, um, you know, what are people doing in terms of marketing that's working well? Is there anything that you'd recommend? So I feel that a lot of people are going back to the drawing boards. Mm-hmm. There's this real thing of people are overwhelmed by content. Yeah. So how do we yeah. break through the noise? How do we how do we deliver things differently? So if you think like podcasts, for example, absolutely fantastic example. There's very few recruiters that are actually using their voices. 
Mm. <laughs> Which is okay. crazy because that's what recruiters do on a daily basis. You know, they're never <laughs> I, off the phone. <laughs> like, I've never met a recruiter that didn't like to talk. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's very true. That is true. <laughs> it's part of the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you're looking. You've got recruiters looking at how can we deliver content in a more innovative way. So, mm-hmm. looking things at podcasts. They're looking at things like. Okay, YouTube's been around for years, but not many are sort of engaging in that. So how mm-hmm. can we use that? Mm-hmm. Like the TikToks, the Reels, the YouTube Shorts, how can we engage there? But you've also got a lot, lot of recruiters going, okay, we've got all these fantastic assets. How can we break them down and actually physically get in front of people without having to leave our office mm-hmm. yeah. or leave yeah. our homes? And so we are kind of seeing this shift back to... You know, like lumpy mail. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, um, like, think about. So, I, I, I kind of like Nathan. You'll, you'll definitely remember this sort of stuff. But like, Reader's Digest every year, like an envelope would come through, and there'd be a pen in it. This gold yeah. envelope with a pen in, and it's like you know, there's a pen in there, but you're still kind of like. <gasps> I there's something yeah. I bet it's a pen what and you're like be? touching it and you're feeling and you're like oh crinkling like the envelope pen. and the rest of it yeah and you're opening it knowing there's going to be a pen and you're like oh my god there's a pen no way it's like so. right but this is like just getting post is mm-hmm. not an everyday like there's no post here for us today yeah. I love getting a you know, letter. Like I exactly. a handwritten letter in the post is so exciting for me you could you could go out and buy me like I don't know. I'm trying, I was going to say new perfume. I don't really wear perfume. You could go out and buy me something really exciting. I'd probably rather have a handwritten letter from someone that's close to me through the post. Yeah. I just don't but, think you'd ever take away the kind of that that feeling of when it pops through the letterbox. And if you think about what we did, we do that to send out little yeah. kind of packages to our candidates or when they when we make a placement they get like a starter pack and they mm-hmm. get a pen they yes. get a notebook they get some post-its and it's in a nice kind of red package and they get it after they've started and, and a handwritten card and a handwritten card mm-hmm. and, and it goes down really really well yeah. you know and and I think you're absolutely right people are just like what is this <laughs> it's so it's exciting a, yeah, yeah, lumpy, yeah. lumpy yeah. post as you call it and they're like wow <laughs> yeah. it's really exciting it is, and, yeah. and the thing is it's not expensive yeah. no. it's really not because you can it depends what data you're holding on people. Okay. Mm. Let's say you've, you know what their birthdays are mm-hmm. yeah. going to, um, was it the card factory or whatever it's called and getting 10 random birthday cards for mm. a quid or, mm. you know, it's probably two quid now, isn't it? <laughs> Inflation. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, that and the cost of a stamp mm-hmm. and a handwritten card that's not branded on someone's birthday mm. from your team. Yeah. yeah. Like that's per- the fact that it's not branded makes it personal. The fact that it's handwritten. Yeah. Like it's like, wow, they've gone and bought this card for us. Like that works yeah. really, really well. That's a great idea. Thank you. <laughs> Should we yeah. start that one? Yeah. yeah. But, but this is the other thing. Like social media. Right. It's not all about posting. It's not all about broadcasting. Yeah. It's about mm-hmm. listening as well completely random one of our clients has been out on the golf course and posted on LinkedIn about the fact that this is like first time ever they've won and like really proud <laughs> with their you know whatever little NAF trophy it yeah. was <laughs> I shouldn't, shouldn't say NAF trophy <laughs> should I, but you know but you know it's like and we've um they're not within reach you know like in kids swag bags that like like they're party bags and yeah. I was going to say yeah. party bags at parties. How yeah. obvious is that sentence? <laughs> um, but you know, like the little medals 
Yeah. You probably like but we get ten of them in in a bag in Tesco's for one pound fifty, whatever. We've literally posted out a little card saying, um, you know, glad to see you won with one of these medals inside it. Aww, <laughs> Brilliant! That's so right? cute. I like, like that. But it's like such a silly little yeah. novelty thing, yeah. but it's just like. You know, we're taking notice. We paid attention. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's that personal touch. So we always, we're going back, aren't we? We're going back towards kind of. It just made me think as well. I think there's there not. And this is a social media site, though. But it's, is it not called Be Real? Where's this thing called Be Real? Oh, yeah. Where, is that, I, I, like, I do have Be Real. Actually, to, to, like everyone now needs to be real, and we're going back to like actually receiving things in the post. So are we kind of? Are we thinking of a different be real? I don't know. It's, I think, I think it's we're thinking a, of a different, it's a different be real. Yeah. 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 <laughs> put, it, put it this way: like you want to make sure your daughter doesn't go on be real. Oh, is it? Is it rude? There's, there's probably we're obviously thinking of very different be reals. Yeah. 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 Oh, maybe it's, it's not. It's, it's not. It's well, not. It's not rude, but I think mm. it's a. Um, I don't know how to put it. There's. There's. It's. I guess it's like. Snapchat, whereas maybe on Snapchat, uh, I mean, right, I don't yeah. know for sure, but you basically only probably snap your friends. Whereas Be Real, you can go on Explore right. and you can see like people's Be Reals from all over the world. And uh, sometimes, though, hey, what big. it is essentially is at a certain point of the day, you're meant to post your Be Real. So whatever you're doing, you just stop, you pick up your phone, yes. it's like a selfie, and it's then Nathan's uh, recording guy, hi, Nathan, <laughs> is opposite me right now. Yeah. So it'd be me and then it'd be Nathan because he's like right. at the other side of the camera. Yeah. But, you know, people can be doing whatever at that point in the day, uh, and so okay. it can get a bit rude. I actually think she does have that, so I'm going to need to go oh, and God. check that. That is the one I'm talking about. <laughs> I didn't realise that one. Yeah. Also, there's a little bit of it as well where, you know, be real, be yourself, say what you're thinking. Yeah. So it's mm. kind of encouraging that encouraging that free speech kind mm. of thing, which is yeah. great, Yeah. but with no filter yeah. mm-hmm. which is not for great. 12, 13-year-olds yeah. right. oh. can then actually open up... Yeah. You know. no, note to self then I'm going to go home and speak <laughs> to my daughter that's what you're going to do when you get it excellent yeah. <laughs> that will be another another teenage girl social media it, world that I've ruined ruined yeah exactly she's <laughs> Sorry, coming off Cara. that immediately excellent um, <laughs> honestly we, we've been at like family dinners and things and like was someone sort of said like my, my niece you know, it's like, oh, can you just check her Instagram account? And yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is what she's posting that her parents haven't seen. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you, you're not allowed Off. that anymore. Yeah, exactly. So well, she hasn't got yeah. Instagram yet. So. My little cousins have multiple Instagram accounts. Some that yeah. I'm allowed to follow, some that I'm not. No, exactly. Yeah, um, guess, territory. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on then. Yeah. Um, just just in terms of right. So the world. So we've had a great few years. Recruitment's had a great few years. It's been happy days. You know, business has been booming and now we're kind of staring down the barrel of a bit of a recession, probably. Um, And, you know, how for you, you know, marketing and recruitment, budgets get kind of tightened, things kind of have to fall by the wayside. What how do you see that panning out and how do you kind of what would you what would you say to recruitment businesses and, you know, and, and their market, how to manage the marketing as we head into that kind of um, slightly more difficult phase? So, as a business owner, this is my first recession. Right. However, going into a global pandemic and seeing what happened then, yeah, it's, and, you know, the reading you do around it, because like I said, you know, the first time, as a business owner, first time going into this, I'm like, right, what's everyone saying? Like, what did yeah. people do before that works, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. If I just think of, if I use my clients as a sample, mm. yeah. the people that held firm, they might have turned a lot of stuff off in their business. They kept their marketing going. Even if they had to reduce it a bit, they kept it going. Yeah. Mm. 
they were the ones that bounced back quicker. They were the, they're the ones that today, when I look at their businesses, I just go, wow. Yeah. Having had the phone calls with them in tears, yeah. like quite literally in tears, in despair and everything else to see where their businesses are and how much they've grown. It's like, it's because when everything else stopped, they were still showing up. They were still showing up and serving and adding value. And therefore, when their clients came, like, came out the gate, they were the ones that they were racing towards. Yeah. Some of those businesses that just went like literally day one, that's it, it's all shut down, stop. There's some of them that are still struggling now. Mm. Yeah. And now they're about to go into a session. So for me, it really is... Okay, yes, we need to try and stay cash rich. Mm. Yes, we need to look at our overheads and everything else. But marketing is the function that is always, it's ever present in your business. It always needs to be there. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to look at what we're doing, be more efficient with it, but we need to not stop. Yeah, we need to keep it. If anything, we need to spend the same and double down and do more. Yeah, and, and as we said, though, back to the point about recruitment and marketing being essentially the same thing. Yeah. You know, if you're in recruitment, you need to be you know, still doing as much of that kind of marketing anyway, because that's, you know, your entire business is recruitment, you know, finding the candidates, working with the clients and get, raising that brand awareness. So, mm. so no, that's it. That's interesting. And hopefully, you know, it won't happen or if it does, mm. it'll be sh- short lived. But I think, you know, everyone's kind of thinking about that at the moment, but as you say, mm. it's about making sure that you continue to kind of give that value. Yeah. In, in your and, and I think, I think it is, like I said, it's looking at what did you, what have you done in your business the last couple of years? And actually how, like what worked, what didn't to help Mm -hmm. you get through those experiences because the world has moved on since 2009. Like how many social media platforms have we got now that we didn't have then? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where have the trends changed in your industry that, you know, were just unheard of then? Yeah. Mm. So actually, I think looking at what you did in the pandemic and taking that as inspiration going forward and and to help you make those decisions is really important. Mm -hmm. Mm My fear is that I think uh, I think that people are quick to maybe not everyone's recovered from a mindset perspective after the pandemic. Yeah. And therefore the thought of a looming recession means that they're gonna make tough decisions, even though maybe they didn't need to. And it's actually it's not the economy, yeah. it's mm-hmm. the mindset that's gone in got in the way. Uh, that's my fear. We're going to see some really good businesses go just because the, the, the business owner just hasn't got the heart to carry on, which mm. is, is mm-hmm. really sad, really sad. It is. And I think obviously, like you said, you know, it was, we've been through some really hard times and the thought of then going through something else is just too much for people and particularly business owners. So it is scary, but I guess on a more positive note, um, you know, what's next for Green Umbrella? Because you know, you've, you've, you're already doing really cool stuff. I can imagine you have some really cool stuff in the pipeline. So my mantra for this year, my mantra for 2022 was don't do anything new. (laughs) Don't do anything new because you end, especially when you're working in a creative space, it's like, I'm constantly, I'm not a thing like I'm crapping myself right now because I'm not ahead of the game on the metaverse. That's mm-hmm. not what your LinkedIn's been saying. <laughs> well, do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, but, you know, I'm looking at all the stuff that's happening in the metaverse and yeah. where, you know, Facebook, like Meta now have yeah. gone with that. And two years, three years, five years time. It's like, 
like there's something wrong with you if you if you haven't got your little character doing whatever in the metaverse and the rest no, of it. And I'm, I'm like, no, I'm I'm just not going to be doing that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, this, but this is this is the thing. Okay, is the five years ago? Did you ever think you'd have a podcast? Mm, no, that's true. Probably not. I don't. I never <laughs> listened to a podcast five years no. ago. No, I mean they weren't really a thing, were no, they? Well, they probably watched were. TV or read a book. Yeah. I think they were. Well, I think, yeah, but, but, like, but they're much. The past couple of years have obviously become much more popular. Mm. But yeah, no, I, I, you're right. I wouldn't have. But I just, yeah. I can't, it's just mad when you think about how that's all going to develop. I know it's going to get there, but I'm just going to be like fighting it the entire way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's it, you know, it's like as a creative agency, really, like all of my reading should, there's an event actually happening in the States that I should really be going to. And I've just gone, no, no, mm. no. Because it's all about, you know, as a marketing agency, as a marketing agency owner, I should be focused on what's new and next mm. mm-hmm. and what's new and next is the metaverse. And I'm just like, <laughs> there's not even a games consult. Like, I don't know what the latest Xbox is. Like I've yeah. just like, I've got no, I'm just not that person. Right. Yeah. But I still need to know this stuff. Mm. So when I think about what's new and next for green umbrella, there are so many directions we can go in mm-hmm. so many directions However, when I look at the social media landscape and I look at what I know to be true and what I believe to always what I believe will always be true, I think it's that foundational stuff is really where we've always given more value. Yeah. And therefore we really need to make sure that we're continuing to create the education opportunities to, to build all of that back in. There, there's stuff that we did years ago that we kind of stopped doing that I'm bringing back mm. yeah. because actually we used to do a lot of training and a lot of workshops, that sort mm. of stuff. And in doing that, we can help. It's like, what can we do now that's going to help more people? Yeah. How do we bring value to more people? And I think that's the key for us going forwards. You talked about then like running courses and workshops and things as well. And I did notice from your LinkedIn that you're in the process of building a blog writing course, which I thought was really cool. Um, but are you not kind of doing yourself out of business slightly there? I mean, like <laughs> we we buy, we purchase blogs from your blog writers by giving everyone the tools to write their own fantastic blogs. How does that benefit you? <laughs> so, Okay. How I'm going to say this right. So in the in a totally unedited way, mm. not everyone can afford to outsource. Yeah, very. You true. know, you you start your business, things are you know things are tight. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, but actually, if I can teach you how, if I can teach you how to blog, yeah, okay. So first of all, you can get blogging quicker rather than waiting to a point where you've got the budget to do it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, some people love writing. Mm. Some people not so much. Yeah. So, and sometimes we've got to understand the process, right? I love my podcast, but I'm never editing that thing. <laughs> you, like you can do one, right? Yeah. I'm just not interested, right? Outsource, outsource, know. outsource. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a, like thinking about it that way. Yeah. If if I'm the person teaching you, when uh-huh. you're at that point where actually, yeah, I can have someone do it for me. That's where the trust is. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's it's very, you know, there's very different styles of writing too. I love writing, but I, I did English at uni, so I was in the mindset of like writing essays. And then now I write some of Red's blogs. It's like kind of we like switch with Green Umbrella, we alternate it. Um, so it's like, and then, you know, writing blogs, it's a very, very different style of writing. And I think sometimes that needs to be taught too, because that's tricky. Yeah. Just flitting between the two. I, I think it's with blogs, it's far more personal. Yeah. And therefore... 
you've got more creative license. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Which is like, still fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is but, it? Right. So I hate writing. I absolutely really? hate it. It's like, it's that thing. It's the team laugh. Cause I, every, I'm actually, I'm out of the business. I've got to be at a venue for nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Uh-huh. I'm supposed to have written the blog already for this week. I haven't, mm. I don't like it. It's like, I have to really pin myself down and back myself in the corner mm. to write this article every week. And, um, and you know, good, and, and and a good agency you can outsource to that. Right? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to tap them up? <laughs> but, but, but it is a, um, I don't like writing, but because I follow a, follow a set of rules, mm-hmm. I can produce the content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like, actually, if like, I don't really need to write any of my blogs now. No, I commit to that one blog a week because off the back of that, like that is an asset. We then produce a load of other stuff off the back of it. That's Mm -hmm. our social media posts. Mm -hmm. I might do podcast episodes on that topic if it's had a lot, you know, there's been readership on there. Um, You know, it's like that might then turn into a topic on a live show. It Mm -hmm. might be, um, I might do some video content on that, like just take one of the paragraphs and do a deep dive and do some video content around that specific point Mm -hmm. because actually people like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's one point in the week where I can be really considered and focused, right? Mm -hmm. Even though I don't like the process. But the thing is, giving all that information away, whether it's within that blog or, you know, how to write the blog, people are engaging with that. It's building that trust. Mm. They're spending more time with me. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Imagine that everyone's got like a stopwatch. Okay. They've started the stopwatch and every moment, every second they spend with you, the sooner they get to three and a half minutes, the sooner they're going to buy from you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in that three and a half minutes, every blog you read, it's building more trust, building more credibility. When you get to three and a half minutes, which is at the point at which it's the right time for you to buy, you're going to go back to the person that's giving you the most value. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed though, that you still do blog, write your blog. Me too. I, I think that's pretty good. And I, yeah, I, I admire that because I'm similar. I'm not like Megan. I, I don't really like writing. Um, I used to do a bit of the blog writing, but um, I find it, you know, find it quite difficult. Maybe I should yeah, come on your... I liked your yeah. one about mara- marathon. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That one. Yeah. That, that was good. That took me about three weeks to write, but yeah, apart from that. <laughs> but it was an enjoyable read. <laughs> but yeah, no, I suppose um, just, I'm a bit conscious of time as well. I just, mm-hmm. um, just moving on that um, the... So obviously, do you ever experience, obviously, look, you're immersed in social media from, you know, dawn till dusk um, in your business life. And I don't know about your personal life if you're scrolling and scrolling stuff, but do you, do you feel ever, do you experience kind of social media burnout? Do you think you ever need a kind of social media detox when you go away on holiday? Are you just like, right, you know what? everything is away. I'm locking phone away. And yeah, do you? All the time, all the time. And I have little, um, there's times where I intentionally don't check my phone. Mm. I do. I just like, it's so for example, like visiting my parents, I don't even get my, I try not to even get my phone out. Do they live on a farm? You mentioned your dad being a farmer. Um, They're not on a farm, but they are, it feels like a farm. Yeah. Is there something really nice about going like to the rural countryside as well and just totally switching off? I mean, yeah, there's, there's there's like massive field behind, which uh, there's normally cattle or sheep on. And there's like literally things like diggers and JCBs parked in the garden. Um, But it's not actually a farm. Just, It just feels like one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, so there's, there's certain things where I literally, 
you know, you think a social media person will be that event and constantly snapping photos and updating their story. Mm. And, and I'm like, no, I'm there to be present. Yeah. Mm. That's, That's what I'm good. there to do. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm at an event for the next three days. I probably won't update my social media that much whilst I'm, I might do one or two things. Yeah. yeah. But most of the time, my phone will be put away. My phone's on um, silent, like notifications are off. Mm-hmm. It's because of like, again, you you know, people can't see the video, but if I just, whilst we've been on this call, the, like the notifications, oh, yeah. that was clear before I went, and this is my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is my world. But I, I refuse to have two phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it's kind of a, you can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. So you have to really manage it because a lot of it's about managing your state as well. You get pulled down a rabbit hole. You see stories, the negativity that's there, and all of a sudden you're reading, you know, the stuff around the recession. You read one story, it's pulled you into another and another mm-hmm. and another, and all of a sudden it's like actually, you know, I might not get get out of bed tomorrow morning. Yeah, yeah. World is think- ending. And I think, you know, talking about being present as well, we're, my generation perhaps aren't the most present at times with social media and everything. So just going back to my gen, what piece of advice would you offer Gen Z? Ooh. Oh, it's a biggie. I suppose maybe coming into the, you know, as they're starting out in their careers, mm. you know, a lot of the Gen Z guys maybe. Do you know, I think it's about, you've got to set your non-negotiables. Yeah. Mm, I like that. I think, I think that's the thing. So whether it is about being present, whether it is about having that space in your day where you're not checking your phone, mm-hmm. well, you know, what are your non-negotiables? What are the things that it doesn't matter whatever else you're not going to allow to happen in your world? Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my mentors is they've got this phrase and I've, I've, I've stolen it. Like at one point I'll stop introducing it as something a mentor has said to me, just pretend it's my own. But it's like how how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's really important. You've got that non negotiable in place, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Then it it becomes something you live by. Mm. It's a promise you make to yourself that you never break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I said, whether it is how often you open, you know, I'm not going to check socials after seven o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. When I go to bed, my phone's not going to be in my room. Whatever it's going to be, I th- I think that's an important thing, and it can be yeah. really tiny. It could be huge. Uh I think that's a great piece of advice. I think it is really important because I think that, you know, you often don't set your non-negotiables this early in life. I feel like it's a sort of thing that you realise over time and then you maybe look back in your 40s or in your 50s and you think, God, if I'd been living by that for all these years, where would I be now or how satisfied (laughs) would I be and stuff? So I think it is a really, really important one, actually. And it's something that I'm going to go in and think about myself today too. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think that's a really perfect kind of point to finish it off then. Yeah, um, but, although I'm sure we could chat all day. Yeah, still, really, I'm sure we could. Time yeah, constraints. Really could. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. But no, I, you know, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, that thank really, you. really good, really interesting. Um, yeah, so much appreciated. Yeah. Thanks well, very thanks much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for <laughs> having me. Thanks for listening to our Red Talks podcast. Please like, share and subscribe.